0: The Tennis Game Win Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast are now represented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live-in-game odds, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get an extra $100 at sportscamppodcast.com slash com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the college basketball experience. March Madness is heating up, and you need to subscribe to the college basketball experience for all of your March Madness coverage. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast Network. It is currently early Sunday morning, March 5th, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. And for this episode, it should be a bit of a brief one because we only have one ETP event to actually go through after having several tournaments overlapping each other and having several matches to break down each episode. There's only one final that has yet to be played on Sunday because the finals in Acapulco in Dubai were played on Saturday, so as a result, we only have the Santa. Diago final between Jari and Echeverry to go through. So once again, it should be a pretty short episode, but still going to give out a lock and dog pick on that match. But fortunate into the preview of that final do want to recap how we did on the Saturday episode. We absolutely crushed it. In fact, we got everything right except for one match. We ended up having Baez win. We thought he would end up taking care of business against Echeverry. And it said Echeverry won in straight sets. But we thought Medvedev would probably kill Rublev, and he did 6-2, 6-2. Mevidev was on fire the entire tournament. He's been on fire in 2023, and he continues to roll. That was really never in doubt. Uh, we also liked Jari to win against Munar. wasn't easy, but he got it done. And besides that, we also had uh, Dimonor to win the match, and we thought that he would be able to take advantage of a fatigued Tommy Paul in the semis. And speaking of that pick, that was actually our lock for the show. We ended up having money Moneyline at minus 122, and Tommy Paul gave it a good run, and then he completely ran out of gas, and he almost lost the final set 6-0, won a game there for some pride, and then ended up losing the final game after that so ended up coming back from a set down but Dimonor ended up getting the job done for us and for the dog ended up having the over two and a half sets in the Munar and jari match that looked really bad as Munar won the first set six one and he was up a break to start the second set so he was up six one two nothing and then jari absolutely came back and dominated in fact he was serving for the second set. He choked it, but ended up getting back on track as he wanted the tiebreaker in the second set. And then Munar was kind of out of gas, but Jari ended up just really taking over, and Jari seemed to find his footing completely, hit a very solid uh, groove, played some red line tennis, and ended up winning the final set 6-1. So ended up sweeping the board uh, with two pretty... Nice prices. Minus 122 for Dimonor was a bargain. I believe it closed at minus 145, minus 150. I thought it would move up a lot because people would be fading Tommy Paul following the cramping issues in the semis. And we saw Paul run out of gas. And that Munar-Jari match was competitive. Uh, once Jari woke up in the second set and that ended up cashing a nice plus 130 plus did not mention that for the outrights episode which we actually had two of this week as Acapulco was its own standalone episode we crushed the Acapulco episode because we had two outrights to win the tournament we gave out Tiafo at plus 750 that did not work out but we did also take Diminor at 9-1 to And that ended up cashing. So we hit a pretty nice long shot, a pretty nice uh, outright there. I don't want to call it a long shot if it's under 10 or 15 to 1. But a nice price there on the outright in addition to the lock. So Dimonor came through for us two times over. And that definitely sets us up well for the Sunday final. Because even though we struck out in Dubai We also have Jari, who we gave out as an outright, and he is obviously playing in the final on Sunday. So hopefully, knock on wood, we'll win an outright or we'll win two outrights in back to back weeks as we went two for three last week as well. And hopefully Jari gets it done. But uh, time to actually get into the preview for the one match we're supposed to talk about in Today's episode and that will be the final in Santiago between Echeverry and Jari. So starting off with the actual path that both players have had up to this point, Echeverry's path has been a lot easier and a lot less time consuming. So to go through the matches in order, I will start off with Echeverry's path because he's the underdog and then I'll move into the favorite. So starting off with Echeverry's path, he has... A pretty tough match early on, as he went to three sets against Sorundo. Oh, sorry, sorry. To back up, he went up against Fagnini, and Fagnini was still a bit injured from his in, from his uh, situation there in Rio where he was performing well against Alcaraz, won a set, and then he appeared to injure his leg, and he was kind of limping around after that. Still made a good match out of it, but he was clearly still feeling some effects of that leg injury, and Echeverry ended up winning the first set 6-1. Then Fagnini battled in the second set, actually had a set point or two, but Echeverry held on in a tie break, so Echeverry won the first round in straight sets. Then the second round was a battle as he went up against... Sarundalo, and he ended up winning that one in three sets, and since that point, Echeverry has dominated, beat Lahovic 6-1, 6-2, ended up beating Baez 7-5, 6-3, so Echeverry has dropped one set in the entire tournament, which has been a very impressive run for him. Jari, on the other hand, who has the home crowd advantage, has really had to battle basically every step of the way, ended up beating Varius in the first round, 7-6, 6-4, then ended up beating Schwartzman. In the three sets with a third set tie break in there, then beat Huffman and uh, he ended up losing the first set and came back to win the final two. And the same thing happened against Munar, lost the first set and he was down a break in the second set and came back to win that one in three sets. So Jari has gone the distance in three straight matches. He's been on the court for a while. And I do think that should give an advantage to Echeverry, at least in the early stages of this match, just because of how well he's performed in the first set, while Jari's really had a tough go of it early on. Vries was a tie break. Schwartzman, he won the first set 6-4, but he was down a break in the first set before breaking Schwartzman twice to win that set. And then he ended up losing the first set to Homfman and Munar. So Jari has gotten off the slow starts in this event and then he's kind of picked it up on uh, in the second set onward. So keep an eye on that to see if it definitely continues because Echeverry, in this event, on the other hand, has won the first set in every round. So just keep that in mind. I saw Echeverry to win the first set at plus 115 or so. Thought of maybe an interesting thought, uh, bet there, and maybe if you do like Jari, you can wait on the minus 150 or so and find a better line in play. So just keep that in mind. But looking at the head-to-head between these two players, Echeverry has owned him, and to go through the meetings, they played three times, all on clay. They played in 2021. Echeverry won in Brazil, 6-4, 6-1. They played twice in 2022. They played him in Cordoba, in Argentina, and Echeverry won that one in three sets, despite losing the first set, uh, 2-6, 6-3, 6-4. And they faced off in Mexico City in the semis of a challenger event, And you saw Echeverry win once again, coming back from a set down as he ended up winning 3-6, 7-5, 7-6. So Echeverry is 3-0 in the head-to-head, and he is getting plus money, which I think is appealing. Now, I understand Jari has become a better player than he was last year. I think we can all agree on that. But I do have to point out that Echeverry has dominated the head-to-head. So just keep that in mind for this match. Now look at the actual spread and the money line in total i mentioned the money line already Jari's minus is minus 150 or so Echeverry's around plus 130 for the first set Echeverry's plus 115 and jari is minus 135 for the actual game spread pretty close Jari's minus one and a half and minus 115 echeverry is plus one and a half games at minus 105 and the over under is around 22 and a half heavily juiced so around minus 135 to the over or you could get uh 23 Three and a half at potentially even money or so. I see 24 at plus 110. I see a lot of interesting options here. I also see some player uh, team. I see some team totals for total games for each player. I see Echeverria 12 and a half. Over 12 and a half, personal games is minus 110, under is minus 120. And Jari is over or under 13 flat, plus 105 on the over and minus 135 to the under. So I mentioned with the head to head. It is pretty tough to go against Echeverri here, especially with the fact that he has been on the court for less time. I am concerned about Jari's constant need to dig out of big holes, and it's worked out for him. But I am concerned about some potential fatigue, and I do think that Echeverri could get off to a fast start, which could, once again, put Jari up against it and see if he can overcome it. But I do think at the end of the day, looking at how both players play, The entire match will come down to Jari's serve and his forehand, because Jari, when he serves extremely well, he's very, very difficult to beat. And to go through the Hoffman service numbers again, he landed 77 percent of his first serves, and that's going to be very difficult for him to beat or for anybody to beat him. And in his first serve against Munar, he only hit 59 percent and yet that match turned into a battle. Munar had eight double faults, which was a problem. But I have to point out that I think a lot of this match will come down to if Jari can shorten the points on a serve, potentially coming to the net more like he did in the latter stages of that Munar match, maybe some serve and volleying. But the first serve percentage was something I have my eye on, because if Jari does not serve above, I'd say, 60, let's go 63%, I think he's going to lose because I think Etcheverry is a good enough player to beat Jari in the rallies, and I think Jari is going to need a couple of free points or a couple of pretty large advantages in rallies if he's able to hit his spots with his first serve. Echeverry, though, doesn't exactly have a big serve, but he definitely has a solid repertoire of shots, and the forehand and backhand have been pretty consistent for him in this event. But Baez is a very solid returner. We've seen it before, and yet Echeverry held relatively easily in the entire match to actually go through the stats for that match. Echeverry did not face a single break point in the entire time, in the entire match. He ended up landing only 55% of his first serves, but he won 88% of his first serve points. So he was fantastic. Whenever he got the first serve in second serve, he also won 56%, which is impressive on clay, especially and bias was not so lucky as Baez, lo- uh, Baez only won 44% of his second serve points, and that was really the story of the match. But the point is, Echeverry, when he is on, I think he's the better player than Jari. And I do think that the head-to-head suggests it as well, that Echeverry's style of play can give Jari problems. I think Echeverry will be able to get into some Jari service games. I think Jari's going to do a better job of the- Of Baez. You know, I don't think he's going to get zero breakpoint chances the entire match. But I got to point out, though, that if Etcheverry can defend the first serve well, or if his percentage goes up as well, I think he will be able to outlast Jari in what should be a pretty long match. Now, will the crowd play a factor? Of course it will, because it's going to be relatively nighttime, and the crowd's been very, very, we'll say, rambunctious throughout this event, and they've been pretty rowdy, and I think that's definitely going to help out Jari since they're always going to be cheering for the home country guy, But I do think Echeverri should be a smaller underdog in this spot, especially with the 3-0 head-to-head on clay. I think 150 is kind of absurd. I think that Echeverri should be uh, closer to, in my opinion, plus 105, plus 110, as opposed to plus 130. I think Jari should be around minus 125 or minus 130. I just think that this match is very close, and I do think that even though Jari has improved, Echeverri has looked phenomenal. In this event, he's looked right at home, and I do think that bodes well for him in this match. So to look at the actual picks for this match, I will go with Echeverry one. I just think the value's there. Jari could win, but I think if he's going to win, it will be three sets, and at that point, he could probably hedge midway through. But Echeverry has looked like the most consistent player in this event, and with Jari's unforced error concerns and sometimes questionable shot selection— I am concerned that if he falls behind, he will fall behind to a point where he will be unable to come back. Not everybody can constantly come back from a set down. It takes a lot out of you physically, and I do think that Jari could be fatigued during the lighter stages of this event compared to Echeverry, which is definitely a problem. As for the games, I like the over. I see a pretty competitive match throughout going through the head-to-head matches once again. I talked about the first matchup in 2021, which was a straight set victory for Echeverri. The last two matches went three sets, and you even had a couple of competitive sets in there. There was a 7-5 set, there was a 7-6 set, and you also had three sets in both those matches. So the point is you are going over in games anyway. I like the over. I think you're going to see a bunch of games. I think Jari's going to start off potentially slow again, then work his way back, and then eventually take a lead at some point. But I do think that you will see both players have moments, and I do think that you'll end up seeing both players most likely win a set. So I will go with the over in this match, either on games or the actual. Uh, set price here so other than that though it's time to actually get into the lock and dog picks sorry if you wanted more content for this episode but i really don't have much more to add plus i also am going to mention or remind people since we gave out jari to win the tournament at around six to one or so if you want to just hedge it and take echeverry then you could and you automatically make profit so you also have that kind of built into it or your thought process if you did tail all the outrights we gave out earlier this week. But we have Jari at 6-1, to so I'm not going to double down to 150. Just keep that in mind. If I end up picking Jari, not saying that I will or I won't, you have to stick around until after the commercial break to find out the lock and dog picks. But the point is, if I was going to take Jari to win this match, I clearly wouldn't bet it again because I have the outright at six to one. And it was different in the Dimonor situation because Paul was physically compromised, which is why I did double down on that match. Usually, if I'm ever going to double down on an outright to win his final match on the money line, I need a very good reason. And it's always going to be health related. It's always going to be if the other player was crawling to the finish line and my guy that I had money on pre tournament has been playing very well and is physically in shape. I do think that there are some situations where it is worth doubling down. This is not one of them. I think this match is a very competitive match, like I said before, and I think as a result, I will not be betting Jari minus 150, even if I like Jari to win this match, because it's not enough value and I already have six to one. So just keep that in mind. Uh or six to one or six fifty. I gotta search up the exact price. But the point is we have him around that range. I'm not gonna double down on Jari in this match and don't make that a constant thing. Just because it worked out last episode, I only doubled down on Dimonor because of Paul's health conditions and how awful he was handling the end of that Fritz Fritz semifinal match physically. Just keep that in mind. Wanted to throw that in as a footnote. But like I said before, time to get into the lock and dog picks. But fortunate into that, do I have a quick word from our sponsors? We're brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Game Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, aka WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here, and there are plenty of ways to win and bet on uh, NBA, NHL, and XFL action. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 to get an extra $100 limited to state availability. And, of course, for our Gens only – if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit bonus. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportscampodcast.com slash winbet. Send so then we send you to com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer, subject, change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play to winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call one eight hundred five we are also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Uh the merch store continues to add new items to the store every day. Head over to store.sportscampodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodies. My favorite item is still the coffee cup, the over two and a half cups of coffee, which I think is really, really funny. And most importantly. It's a solid mug. I mean, any time that you can have a nice coffee mug to add to your collection, that also kind of makes you laugh every time you look at it. I think that's definitely a bonus, and it's a keeper item, and that's why I recommend it. Plus, just in time for March, you get 10% off when you spend more than $40 if you use the code MADNESS. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home for offseason NFL best ball drafts. Plus, They also have you covered in a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA golf. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Maria podcast. Just finished recapping the Saturday action as well as going through a preview of the ATP final in Santiago on Sunday between Echeverry and Jari. But now it's time to get into the actual picks for this episode. Time to get into the lock and dog segment. So starting off with the lock, I am going to play it safe here. I am going to go with Echeverry plus two and a half games at minus 145. At the end of the day, I think you're going to see a war on your hands, and I do think that even though Jari has the home court, and even though he is capable of winning a third set in blowout fashion like he did against Munar, based on the head-to-head and based on what I've seen from both players, I think Echeverry is very, very steady and I think that Jari is going to be up and down once again like he has been the entire tournament and I think eventually Jari's level might balance out where he wins the match but Echeverry should be able to do enough in order to cover the spread of plus two and a half games we've seen Jari get off to slow starts in the first set and I do think that if Echeverry wins the first set 6-3 or so I'm not anticipating Jari to win the final two sets by five games or more Combined. I don't see that happening. I think Echeverry is going to be able to keep this match competitive, potentially win the match outright, but I think plus two and a half games at minus 145 is a pretty solid deal because of it, not to mention the 3 0 head to head advantage for Echeverry on clay. So I'll play it safe and I will go with Echeverri plus two and a half games at minus 145 because it also covers if Jari wins in straight sets via two tiebreaks. So keep that in mind. But for the dog, I am going to go back to all reliable. We've taken it twice in Santiago, and we are two and zero. Going to take the over two and a half sets at plus one twenty five. Looking at Jari's matches, he's gone to three sets in each of the last three rounds, and I do think that even though Jari has gone off the slow starts, and even though Echeverry has won the head to head three nothing, the last two matches did go three sets, and they were competitive. And I do know that even though Jari can get off the slow starts, he always seems to rally. And that has been the case in the Hoffman match, in the in the Munar match, and even the Schwarzen match, where he was able to rally when down a break in the first set to win the first set, but that ended up going three anyway. The point is Jari's been a three-set magnet, and the one match that he won, which was not a three-setter, did finish 7-6-6-4. Six, six, so two competitive sets there. And I do think that you'll end up seeing t- a couple of competitive sets. Here, so for me, I do think this match will be a coin flip. I think it's going to be close. I think Echeverry probably wins, in my opinion. But I am going to play it safe, and I will go with the spread plus two and a half games and minus one forty five as the doll as the lock. And my dog once again will be the over two and a half sets of plus plus one twenty five in the Jari and Echeverry match. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Do quickly want to discuss the schedule? for the podcast moving forward. So obviously we try to break down a tournament every week or however many tournaments they have in the ATP. And we'll try to do an outright episode and go through all that before getting into the actual uh, picks mid tournament. This week's going to be interesting because Indian Wells is taking place, which is one of the biggest non grand slam events of the year. However, Indian Wells does not start on Monday or Tuesday. It is actually starting on Wednesday and then wraps around to the 19th. So it's a long tournament. So you're looking at the start date being on Wednesday. It means that we will not have an episode on Monday. However, we probably will have an episode on Tuesday night, if I had to guess. Maybe Wednesday morning, but most likely Tuesday night. So just a heads up there. We will be having an episode. But it is a pretty unique schedule because you have Indian Wells, which starts in the middle of the week as opposed to the beginning of the week. So just keep that in mind. But we will be back once again to go through that tournament with an outright episode, most likely on a Tuesday the 7th. But that's going to wrap it up. You can find me on Twitter at Radio. You can also find me on the NBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, and once again on Twitter But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.